we read in our text that a doorway was opened in heaven, which causes us to think of that earlier doorway we heard of in the Old Testament. And the pillars thereof shook. I am now at a stage in life where I will pay exorbitant amounts of money for good food if I can eat it quietly, (laughs) with little or no music. Um, And I probably would still enjoy an air show. I really did when I was younger. And to feel the movement that sound can produce in physical things. During seminary in Toronto, one of the men in our dorm was an organ maker. And he would often invite me, since we came from an organist family, and my father was an organist in the Netherlands before coming to the States, to the cathedrals and the churches with the great organs in Toronto, and to choose the places when a a few of the churches had 64 or 32-foot pipes, and to find the nodes where the sound travels, where you can feel it move you. It was an exhilarating, wonderful uh, experience. But to stand in God's temple... And it is the voice of the Lord that breaks the cedars of Lebanon and causes the hinds to bring forth. The voice of the Lord that shakes the gates of the temple, and yet that temple does not fall down. This is our holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, whom we worship. He's beyond description. Not that we don't try. We need a lot of similes and metaphors. The throne as sapphire. Comparisons, like and as, show up all throughout the passage in the Revelation. Now Arius, that famous heretic of the 4th century, he would have fit in wonderfully today. Jesus, he's like God. We're in a time that can't stop abusing similes, and everything is like wonderful. And he was like so loud, and she was like so quiet, and I was like everything is like and nothing is. It's a society that has lost touch with substance that can only understand simile and metaphor. But God is substance. He is the one true God. And while we must use similes to begin understanding him, as we've confessed in the creed, he is incomprehensible. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, the Spirit incomprehensible. It doesn't mean you can't understand. It means you can't draw a circle around him. You will never be able to draw a circle around God in the way that maybe you think you can, the square root of two, or the orbit of Jupiter, or things that we imagine we understand. But you'll never draw a circle around the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. And Arius, he may have said, Jesus, he's like God. Well, Jesus isn't like God. He is 
God. And this was the resounding answer of the church. It took a century to formulate. And it takes every lifetime to reconfess. And it is critical that we and our children are here together on this Lord's Day to confess the Holy Trinity. For this is who God says He is. He is one in substance with the Father. This God who is the missionary God who sends forth, who sent forth His Son and then sends the Spirit of Him and of His Son into the world. He is, as the church has tried to describe, the knower, the known and knowing. He is lover, beloved and love itself. He is creator, redeemer and sanctifier. We'll pray that in the litany throughout our whole life. And if God is extra kind to us, when we come to our own deathbed, we will have a priest who will recite the litany for the dying with us. And we will be reminded once again in that litany that the one God is creator, redeemer, and sanctifier who will now receive a lamb of his own flock. This is one God. Jesus reveals his Father in the Spirit. And in our passage, we have John seeing with lots of likes and asses. But nowhere does he say Jesus is like God. Rather, he's grasping at things in the creation to help us understand the grandeur of what he cannot fully describe because he sees God Almighty, the one whose voice shakes the temple. This door was opened. I don't read of it being closed. We are in God's house today. We are in God's house. And we will lift up our hearts to heaven. And ascend the hill of the Lord. And partake of heavenly food. For the door hasn't been closed. The door is open. And on Trinity Sunday... This octave of Pentecost, this day of worshiping deliberately with the very long creed, our one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. John sees Nicodemus wonders as we all must. How can this be? Hopefully, we're all a little bit farther along than Nicodemus. You're a master in Israel. How is it that you don't understand these things? You're a member of Christ's body in 2020. What do we understand? Hopefully that God is one in three and that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are co-eternal. They are co-majestic. They're co-infinite. They're co-wonderful. They are not intermingled as persons and yet they are one God. This one God, Jesus reveals to us. He tells the apostles, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. And so the church continues to confess. We participate in this. The Holy Catholic Church, especially as it went through the Reformation, understood this in a fresh way. 
that the primary piety of God's people was not going to be in simple observation, but it was going to be in participation of body, of voice, of all the senses. We would participate in God not simply as an idea, but we would participate as the bride of Christ in the worship of God. It would move our bodies as well as our minds. We will not simply observe, we will take and receive. For this is my body given for you. The church confesses this faith. God, who is self-existent, self-sufficient, eternal, infinite, omnipresent, omnipowerful, omniscient, wise, immutable, sovereign, incomprehensible, holy, righteous, just, true, good, faithful. And the list is probably infinite also. This God, I remind you on Trinity Sunday as a community, and we understand love, the love of marriage, the love of friendship, the love of humanity as relational because God is community. This is something those, and we pray in the prayer book for those who know thee not through thy son. Something they can never understand. Those who do not know God through Jesus Christ cannot know God as the community where the Father loves the Son in the Spirit and the Son loves and obeys the Father in the Spirit. These words are relational. It's not without reason that we, who live in a time, we pride ourselves in giving up relational words. We think that we're so much closer to each other if we drop all relational words and only use first names. And we are so progressive and we're so much more loving and we're all so close to each other and we feel so good about it and we've lost the relationships of doctor, nurse, father, mother, child, son, daughter, your honor, your majesty, Mr. President. We've lost the relational words. Imagining to pursue intimacy, we lose community. But God reveals himself, not as Frank, Joe, and Sue, but as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it is with the language of relationships that we understand him and enter into his life. And this is how we understand love. It's why male and female are God's image. Not, let's make a sentient being as our image. Of course, that's true. But it's as male and female who relate to one another that God reveals his image. And it is as husband and wife, in love that is beyond their own persons even, that we understand ourselves to be the image of God and thus gain some understanding of the nature of God himself. And so the prodigal can go home to a father. The despondent can be given a new spirit. The lonely may rejoice in the fellowship of the son. 
God is relational. God is worthy. The scene of glory we've described, we've read, He who created all things. This God wants us to be in relationship with Him. John Donne wrote this of Trinity Sunday. The natural man that hearkens to his own heart and the law written there may produce actions that are good. Good in the nature and matter and substance of the work. He may relieve the poor, he may defend the oppressed, and yet he is but as an open field, and though he be not absolutely barren, he bears but grass. The godly man, he that has taken in the knowledge of the great and powerful God, and enclosed and hedged himself in himself with the fear of God, may produce actions better than the mere natural man, because he refers his actions to the glory of his imagined God. But yet this man, though he be more fruitful than the former, more than a grassy field, he is but a plowed field and bears corn. And God knows corn choked with weeds. But the man who has taken hold of God by those handles, these are the relational words that we've explored a little bit, these handles which God has delivered and manifested in the notions of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, He is no field but a garden, a garden of God's planting, a paradise in which grow all things good to eat and good to see, spiritual refection, spiritual recreation, and all things good to cure. He has his being, his diet, and his physic there in the knowledge of the Trinity, his being in the mercy of the Father, his physics in the merits of the Son, his diet, his daily bread, in the daily visitations of the Holy Ghost. You see, God is not pleased nor satisfied with our bare knowledge that there is a God, or that this God is three persons, but it is that we live in him, Christ above me, beneath me, around me, all the ways that we bind the Trinity to ourselves. For we live in relationship with the God who himself is the community of love. There you are. Happy anniversary again. Now, in marriage, we understand that we cannot make anyone be faithful to us. The only person you can make to be faithful is yourself. The other person may be faithful to you and joyfully give their faithfulness to you, but it's not something you can make happen. You can only make your own faithfulness happen. And the reason you can give faithfulness and be faithful is because you are God's image. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who holds faithfulness and truth in His hands who never forsakes them that are his. He is eternally, finally, and fully faithful to his people because he chooses to be so. He who remains faithful even when we are not because he's true to himself. Without Trinity, We have no Christianity. The task of the body of Jesus is not 
to be like wonderful or like heaven. But the taste of what we have is truly both of those. We are known, we are loved, and we have the capacity to know another person. We have the capacity to love, to be in fellowship, to be in relationship. And so it is on Trinity Sunday, as you come to the Holy Communion, remember a door was opened. And you are invited through that door to have communion with the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So behold and enter and live. Amen.